Hey gamers, this is the disembodied pair of eyes you see running around when you eat a ghost in Pac-Man, Jason. <laughs> and I'm the one crab pot from Stardew Valley that keeps catching trash, Patrick. <laughs> Welcome to RP Gamer episode 10, a podcast about how video games influence your life. say how video games impact your life we're talking about how games make you more violent and want to hurt people right oh yeah totally like when i see sub-zero rip out someone's spine i want to do that to my friends too. I, i'm actually no, looking not. forward to you doing that i want to feel that everywhere yeah well you'll feel that that'll be the last thing you feel no of course not we're not talking about that that's the that's the negative side of of video games and the media but i wanted to kind of discuss more so the positives that you get from games outside of actually just enjoyment of playing games escapism the things that really affect you in in the real world it's kind of funny when you think about how video games people theorize that they can make you more violent in some capacity I, i i mean sure you know maybe it's possible i'm sure there's something psychological there but i think it's really when you hone in on those like super super specific examples that people can really draw that correlation and i don't even know how accurate it is i remember in the 90s how they blamed resident evil 2 for the columbine shooting and i'm just kind of like do we think there might have been something slightly more impactful that drove people to do terrible things and not just a video game yeah i'm sure there's lots of media that you can point to that will do that and and i think the biggest draw people say for those negative comparisons is the interaction that you do from games as opposed to the non-interaction from movies and other forms of media and it it just kind of sucks that games have that bad rap or at least they did i still think they kind of do for the uneducated on what games really are and it kind of leads to a negative connotation with games gamers and anything to do with the game outside of the actual game world it kind of reminds me of what we talked about in episode six our coming out as a gamer episode and how if you get labeled as a gamer, there's a certain stigma that comes with it. So have you ever been made to feel lesser because of the games that you like? Or because of the fact you like games? Mm, I I wouldn't say I ever felt super lesser, but I always felt outside. I think I felt like my friend group was never really into the things that I was into fully. Like we would swim on our swim team and we would we would play video games together, but I would always want to play you know, more RPGs or, or just talk about Legend of Zelda more. And none of my friends ever really wanted to do that. So it did kind of make me feel a little, a little bit abandoned because there was things that I couldn't actually like foster or, or feel good about myself because I couldn't share it with someone else. And the only real exception to that was Pokemon when that came out when I was in elementary school, super young, and everyone played that game. And so it felt kind of cool, like, oh, look at all these new people into my sort of friend circle that like these things that I like. And it even expanded to the the card game and the TV show. So it was the first time I felt kind of welcomed as someone that likes to play video games. Being labeled as a quote gamer always sort of made me feel a little bit lesser. And it had this negative feeling like you were part of this nerdy loser group. And it was only fat dudes. And it was these people that had no real life. And I did kind of get the feeling that that's where I was going and that's like the path i should have went down because of just liking the play of super mario um but what about you how how does it impact you yeah it was just very relatable and i still struggle with this so i remember one of the reasons like i wasn't popular in high school aside from being gay or people theorizing that i was gay was that i was also uh you know a nerd or a gamer and um 
I feel like until very recently, it was taboo to be a gay gamer. I remember in college, a few guys who I went on a date with or two liked me until they found out what my interests were. I mean, my interests aren't just video games, but I mean, that's one of, you know, my bigger interests. And there were guys that just straight up were just kind of like, okay, peace nerd. And it's just funny because we went to an engineering school, you know, it's, I'd say (laughs) it's full of literal nerds. (laughs) Yeah. Nerds were definitely in the majority, but even still, like it was one of those things where as a gay man, it was taboo. Now, now it's different because I'm in like several gamer Facebook groups, like G-A-Y-M-E-R gamer mm-hmm. Facebook groups. And it's just completely for, uh, you know, homosexuals in, that love to game. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's really hard and not being in education anymore, not being a teacher and doing something that is just so video game focused. I feel like I'm convincing myself that I have to defend myself of what I'm currently doing. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I shouldn't because it's a passion of mine and I enjoy doing it. So I really should just like ride that high and keep going. And it's nice because I feel like the people who really have a better grasp of life encourage that a lot more. I think of it like uh, we've mentioned her, I think on the podcast before, a friend Danielle has been really great about like, you know, do you if it's making you happy, like who cares what people are thinking as long as you're enjoying it. So that, that's been good. Yeah, definitely. And and I, I echo what you're saying about feeling like you couldn't enjoy what you want to enjoy. It's it's just really weird. And I, I never felt like wrong that I was enjoying playing Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time when I come home from school instead of, I don't know, going to my friend's house and riding bikes. Masturbating. And masturbating, clearly. I just I think that it was just what I wanted to do. It's how I wanted to spend my time. I always just looked at it as if someone wants to go to the park and play basketball, like, please go play basketball. That's what you like to do. But for me, I wanted to play this game and maybe later I would play basketball. It's just one. It was one part of me and it wasn't defining who I was. It was just one part. And uh, it. Well, and I think a part of that, too, is what people tend to think we do get from video games. And they just think it as a means of, you know, like escapism. But. Do you think there's anything deeper to video games aside from just that escapism? Yeah, of course. I think games are art, first and foremost. I, I always think that art is a really strong push for why games should be what they are. Uh, they tell stories and they allow us to feel through other people and, and through their actions. And I think that can inspire real world interest everywhere. So a game is art. I mean, it's literally art. Like you look at it, it's colorful, it's beautiful. They tell stories like like books and movies. And they let they let us feel through others. And and by that, I mean, it can encourage you to do more things. For example, games really encouraged me to read more when I was younger. I think that when I started playing games like the original Warcraft, um, the strategy game, not the MMO, and uh, Starcraft, the space one, it really inspired me to read more books like that. Sci-fi fantasy books, it's almost exclusively the reason why I got into Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, and um, oh god, the other one. I'm forgetting it. Chronicles of Narnia, that one. Okay, the, uh, other the other one, one. it's like clearly there are there are a lot of <laughs> exactly. clearly left a strong impression but it, it was it was knowing that i like to see this sort of high fantasy setting in games i want to see it more and i didn't seek out movies for some reason i just went to the library and i read and i really feel like that kind of led me to that and and it's still escapism in a sense it's just different so instead of escaping with well a actually it's, it's, a it's funny when you say that about movies too because i feel like people don't tend to get questioned for a high enjoyment of movies because you can see the entertainment in them and you can see you know the um 
the art behind it mm-hmm. very easily, mm-hmm. but people don't look into that nearly as much as they do for video games. And, you know, for me, the English teacher in me, I could argue all day that like, there's just so much more depth to video games. If you're paying attention, you, you think about what the characters are going through. And if you actually try to see them as real people with real struggles, there's a lot more than just, uh, you know, this is just entertainment. And there's nothing wrong if you just use video games as a means of entertainment. That's totally fine. But you can look further and you can get a lot more out of them. And I like that you said video games are a form of art. Um, Mm -hmm. I personally think art imitates life more than life imitates art. And I think that's definitely true for video games because of the things that video games have influenced me to do or things to notice about the world. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And and I want to jump back on something you said, too, about comparing games and, and movies and how people don't question those things. I do think that that sort of stigma started from the medium of games just being young at the time. And it, it is very hard to compare the 8-bit version of Mario to the on-screen version of like the Lord of the Rings, for example. It's very hard if you don't know what you're looking for to kind of see the enjoyment. Or a better example would be like the Final Fantasy series. Like you you can't really enjoy them as much if you're not a gamer because you just see what you could really probably say as childlike pixels and things on the screen, but you don't realize it's telling just as grand of a story. So I think as you jump forward 20, 30 years, you have these absolutely epic looking video games now that can tell stories, if not even better than movies. And so you just see how far it's come. And now I think that games as art, that argument is becoming a lot more strong in the in the positive affirmation. That's actually what I was going to ask you, too, is do you think that the limitations in the hardware and how video games started is why people have that impression? Because you're you're right that if we're looking at, you know, like the original Final Fantasy or Duck Hunt or Mario, even in like even in the original Final Fantasy, there's just not really much of a tale there. Mm -hmm. It's like those things were inspired by other media. But now even I wouldn't even say now, like five years from then games had already drastically changed and um, there was a lot more complexity that was added to them. I think it's important to bring up though, that games started, let's just say they started with the Nintendo because that's when they became fairly large. I mean, they're marketed as toys. Like those are toys for kids. Like literally that's what they are. So it's hard to take a toy seriously when you're comparing it to Oscar winning movies and, and like Pulitzer winning books. But with the PlayStation, in my opinion, I think things started to get a little bit more serious. And then as games got further and further along, you would see more adult themed games, like not AO rated, but like games that were targeted towards mature audiences. And with that in mind, then games became a lot more sophisticated and realistic. And then you enter the real, like you enter the stratosphere of where we are right now, where you have all these forms of entertainment, books, movies, games, music, and they're all on like the same level playing field. They all do their thing specifically the way they do it. And people consume them as they want to, because we have a choice and that's, that's what you do. Well, I'd, I'd still challenge you a little bit on um, the adult themes appearing in video games, even on the Super Nintendo and Sega. And we've talked about like uh, games giving you the feels. And I brought up Fantasy Star 4 and a character passing in that game. I think we were seeing that, you know, very early still, you know, even earlier than the PlayStation. Um, but I feel like when things got more 3D, when they looked more sophisticated is when people acknowledge it a little bit more but we are still seeing those trends in the super nintendo oh i agree with you i I guess to clarify i think that the 
general population, the masses, just don't get it. Maybe it's for lack of education in the medium, or it's just for ignorance in actually what games are. But I think if you look at something that looks mundane or basic, i.e. Super Nintendo graphics, if you will, you're just going to think it's lesser than what oh, you whoa, know. Whoa, 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 whoa. Did you just say that the Super Nintendo graphics are mundane and basic? Uh, yes. From get off my podcast. All right, see you later. Bye. <laughs> That's it. That's the season finale and possibly series finale of RP Gamer. To clarify, I think what I'm getting at is when someone <laughs> will see uh, graphics like, let's say, even a good one like Chrono Trigger. I mean, you and I appreciate for that for what it is. It's it's an amazing piece of art, and it, it looks great on the hardware it's on. But comparing it next to the Mona Lisa, like it's not quite the same because people don't people quotation, the general population don't appreciate what the evolution of games are just yet. But they can see the hundreds and thousands of years of paintings and like what that means. And I think with that in mind, people feel differently about games than they would other media. OK, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I mean, I, okay, I'm, I'm, so... I'm still fired, but just that's I got to clarify. Yeah. OK, you got yeah, you got your point to stand on your little soapbox, but. Mm-hmm. It's over. What are some of these lessons or real life themes that you're seeing in video games? Like what are, what are some of the things that you're like, this is life. Like I can see what life is in this game right here. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. Um, I think when, when I was younger and I was playing Nintendo, Super Nintendo, I don't think I was looking for those things in games. So I probably didn't see them in like, admittedly i didn't play final fantasy 4 and 6 on the snes but like i didn't see them in games like that um i I don't think it was until really the n64 that i started to pick up on those sort of themes and the biggest one i can think of first is dealing with general loss and like sadness in legend of zelda majora's mask and from the very beginning of that game you see sadness and you see a downtrodden link going through the forest on his horse you see the Deku butler and his missing son. I mean, the theme of the entire game is centered around this moon that's going to destroy the world. And every time it does, Link freaking screams and goes back to start it over again because something wasn't done correctly. <laughs> and it, it really kind of struck a chord with me because I think it was the first time I really thought this character in a game, like, I feel sorry for these people in this world. And I don't, they're not real. Like, the philosophy of this thing shouldn't actually work, but I still feel for them. And um, it, it's kind of going back to that the video I did on morals and ethics in games. It starts to make you feel something for a character that's not even real. And for me, that was one of the first times where I felt like, man, this is this is how someone deals with losing their son. This is how someone deals with not being able to see their wife again. This is how someone might deal with death. And yeah, they don't directly relate to me. I, I don't carry a sword and shoot fireballs or anything like that. But I can see when when a loved one dies or I can see when there is no hope and um, that that hurts. And so being able to get that from a, a, a video game was kind of shocking and something that I, I don't think I'll, I'll forget. Well, yeah, I would say it it hurts, but it's, it's powerful. And I think that's when these games are successfully letting you know that there's more to them than just base enjoyment. I think there's a lot about identity, too. Um, whether you're a closeted queer individual or you're like your straight cis person, there's a lot to pick out from video games, um, and about finding your true path. Yeah. So things that's really stand out to me, especially the mid final fantasies. So four through nine, um, 
we're seeing characters go through the throes of identity and I think it makes them better games. So if you think about characters like Vivi and Steiner mm-hmm. and Tara and Celeste uh, and, and so many more, like not even just those characters, they're written for their thematic arc versus them just being cool, which is something I think we see yeah. later yeah. on in a lot of RPGs where like this character was just made to be cool, not because they're interesting. Um, you mean like, you mean yeah, like so Orin from Final Fantasy X? Right, like Oren is really just cool, and there is depth to him. Mm-hmm. Like we 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 don't really get that depth until much later on, until we know what's going on with the whole um, Final Fantasy Ten spoilers, like the dream and and whatnot, and where Titus comes from. Yeah. Um, but the other characters, we got to see their journey, like um throughout and that that is really really like why this person was made i think villains too we tend to see them being um made for coolness but the ones that are more successful are the ones who you know again it's 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 a thematic thing right you know i I don't really i I don't really think the character the villains that just pop out of nowhere and you don't see as being that enjoyable um i think of uh i think kuja is a really great villain because his journey basically parallels Zidane, yeah, you know, it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's completely like, who am I when I find out what I am, when I find out like how I was just basically a failure and I was cast aside, I go nuts and I just basically lose my identity. I also think of games like persona four and Kanji. Mm. Um, that's very blatant identity. You know, I think I wouldn't say that's forced, but I think it's just made very clear what they're trying to get across and um my upcoming video about um paralleling coming out to what you can see in video game characters i elaborate that on a lot more but we get to see you know how people cope with things too yeah it's not just like the journey it's how they also got through and the acceptance that goes behind it and i like these are real themes that if you really pay attention to what's going on like Kanji really influenced me when I saw that I wanted to know more about who I wanted to be, you know, as, as a gay male, like I really wanted to figure out what kind of person, why was I in denial about something still, even though I had already been out for six years at that point, you know, why was it not okay to like some of the things I liked and and hide those things? Like, you know, that I I probably wouldn't have watched a show like RuPaul's Drag Race then. And I love that show now Mm -hmm. because it was almost like you had to keep a certain persona (laughs) of of what type of gay male you wanted to be. So, you know, like they can really influence you if you're paying attention. Do you think that games have to be serious in nature in order for you to get anything out of them thematically? Wow, this is a this is a wonderful unplanned segue because my last idea for this is actually uh, it's something that is not super serious, but it really affected me. Uh, it's the Professor Layton series, and I think that series really just taught me to never stop thinking and never stop learning. So no matter what you're doing, there's always there's always time to like slow down and enjoy yourself. There's always time to think about a solution. There there's always there's always a way to kind of interact with with what's around you and and kind of play the game if you will quotation marks so that you're you're doing the best you can and you're always learning from your situations it's a very kind of fun series if you don't know it, they're essentially just brain puzzles and teasers but they kind of get you thinking a lot 
And I always felt good after playing those games. Like I, I feel morally happy and I feel like my, my spirit is high and it always felt really nice. And I think getting that from a game and knowing that like all I did was just take some digital sheep across a, a random river, like for example, but it makes you, yeah. it makes you feel good. And, and it kind of makes me realize like games as a whole can make me feel like a better person in my real life. It can make me feel in, it can make me feel engaged, energetic, and inspired. And I think that's wonderful. And I, I hope that no matter what games you are playing, that when you play them and, and you put the controller down or the phone down, that you feel better about yourself and you feel like you can take on the world and, and you feel empowered. If I think about games that aren't very serious, you think of Borderlands, especially Borderlands 3, uh, where you have characters like Tiny Tina, who is one of the funniest gaming characters ever. She's <laughs> obs completely obscene. And you get to see also how she has depth because, you know, there's trauma of losing her parents. Mm -hmm. And if you really like look into that, you can think about how that has impacted her as an individual and really like created who she is today and how she really is a good person. She's just also very jaded because of what, has happened to her or you know like lilith who is more of a serious character in the series um but in a in a ridiculous game mm. she loses her powers in the third game at the very beginning yeah uh and she but she still perseveres yeah and business I really as usual shows, you know, just keeps like, going yeah something something bad can happen to you but you just really need to keep powering through and i just again these are all little things that if you just pay attention to what's happening in games. And I'm always encouraging Scott to be like, Hey, did you notice that? Did you notice that? Think about these things. Don't just always see it as a base level of entertainment. There's, there can just be so much more. Yeah. Completely agree with you. And and I think again, getting back to the comparison of movies and, and other forms of media, it's, it's a lot harder to see in a game, maybe because you're focusing elsewhere. Like you might be thinking like, Oh, I have to, hold L2 and hit, you know, trigger to like shoot this enemy. But at the same time, this impactful change in a character is going on. But in a movie, you're not doing those things. You're just watching it happen. You you can see the side by side scene for scene, like transition they make. So it's a little bit harder. You have to look for it. So I guess what I'm getting at is maybe games, you need to be a little bit smarter to like get out of the, get out of it, the things that you need to get out of them. But I think when you do, they're a lot more rewarding because you've, you've done those things and you've experienced the character's feelings and their flaws and their successes. And uh, I don't think you get that from other other places where you don't really interact with the, the actual media. Yeah, I feel like you get to know video game characters a lot more intimately than you do um, movie characters um, and, and maybe um, characters in book, because I feel like you get to see a broader spectrum. You know, a lot of RPGs tend to be very long games, so mm -hmm. you, you just get to see the dialogue, you get to see the interactions. If you make them do something that is uncharacteristic for them, if it's not like a a sandbox game they don't always like your your choice on on something so you really get to see how that impacts them as well speaking of impactful moments when are some of these times in video games where you've literally drawn something that you've seen that's happened to characters out of the game and it's made your life better emotion maybe emotionally is kind of what i'm thinking there oh i see i see um hmm well, the first thing I think of is not an emotional reaction to it, but but because you're emotional, yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, but the first thing <laughs> I, I really think of is World of Warcraft, 
in playing that game uh. i know it's it's an it's an odd one but playing it in um late high school and then jumping into college it just really got me down with timing and like resources and like what you need to get the job done specifically like knowing that to, in order to do this raid at this time i need to like get these resources for this specific quest to get my materials to go into the raid really translated into like okay tomorrow's my first day of math class i gotta make sure i have all these things ready i need to make sure that i am like prepared and my timing is good because my next class is japanese and so it just i don't know i just always felt like that transition was very similar and it's probably because i was playing the game at the same time i was going to college but they kind of overlapped and i felt like i don't know in the real world i'm completing a quest if you will and just making sure I get things done correctly. But it kind of gave me the the dedication and like timing I needed to make sure that I was staying on top of my actual work. So it gave me a sort of strong work ethic, knowing like this is what my, I don't know, quest giver, if you will, my, my teacher needs me to get done and I'll make sure I complete it like accordingly. So that is like- Meanwhile, 99% of the rest of the population playing World of Warcraft was falling behind on their <laughs> stuff because of World of Warcraft. Exactly, exactly. I was going to say, this is like the most cliche, like ridiculous answer, but but it- No, I th- actually think it, it fits though, because I, even now today, if I really want to get something done, um, I'll think, I'll set my goals in a way of like a video game style progression in order to help me get through and like i kind of make mental notes of experience points or Mm -hmm. when i like feel like i've really accomplished a skill i'll make that whole like maybe in some capacity i just leveled up you know yeah if because i'm putting it on terms that i'm just always surrounded by it makes me feel better about it because i can almost track my personal success a little bit better Mm -hmm. because i can i'm like ranking up in something as opposed to just obscurely trying to say like i feel better because of this it's like oh yeah no i I leveled up like i've been baking for so long or i've been trying to work on this olympic movement at the gym you know and i'm doing it so much better now so i'm like level two or level three at this you need some uh some disembodied omnipresent voice to say my skill level increased and then you'll you'll know you did a good job I really just need something to like a fluorescent light to pop up over <laughs> my head that says level up. Lovely. Something else that that you're reminding me of right now, and, and I, I really honestly forgot about it till, till this moment, but I always kind of assume that life is a game in a sense. And when I'm at, at work or, or when I was at school, I would always think that I am like trying to quote play the game in the game of life. So I can use some examples at my work here in, in California. There'd be times where people would do things like other people on my team or whatever and i'm like why the f would you do that like what are you doing but it's just changing the game for me so like now i it's a little bit harder and like i need to maybe interact with my my patients or interact with um the people that are shopping a little bit differently and it's it's from adaptability that video games gave me that i think that i was able to make that quick change and be sort of resilient and get that change done quickly i don't think that would have happened if i hadn't played well, again, World of Warcraft, or if I haven't played any Final Fantasy game, like the game becomes very different when you're transformed into a frog than it was when you're not a frog. So I think that knowing that and kind of adapting those life lessons into actual life and when people fuck shit up, it makes it a lot easier. Yeah, if you can survive a Marlboro's bad breath oh my God. encounter, then <laughs> you can do anything in real life. Bro, you want to talk about bad stories? I, oh, I hated the Marlboro. You, you talking. Yeah, exactly. I hated the... <laughs> The Marlboro in Crystal Chronicles pissed me off so much because my my friend group, that's the that's the 
uh, multiplayer of Final Fantasy, my friend group yeah. could not get around like how to avoid that breath. And every time I would have to just heal them when they have all these status ailments and we kept losing and it pissed me off so much. I was just, I was so mad. But literally one of the best and worst, like the most dreaded Final Fantasy enemy, oh I would God. say, or Final Fantasy monster. We could have an entire episode about how much Jason hates status elements in games because I fucking hate them. Um, yeah, actually, I'm writing that down right status now. Status elements in games. Well, while you're writing that down, um, did you have anything in mind on the emotional side of things? Because I know mine were kind of more real world, like tangible actions that I'm taking from the games I'm playing in general. Yeah, um, so me being a very emotional person uh video games have helped me cope with things like loss and breakups um so i also i have a pretty bad abandonment issue um that can be really crippling sometimes and final fantasy 4 and edge's parents they die and like that really brought out the forefront Mm -hmm. of that abandonment issue so when I played that game, I played it like very young and I remember having a very heavy reaction to it. And actually my brother, actually he was the one who was playing it. And I was there with him and we like, we couldn't comprehend why, because you know, it was something sad, you know, it just kids cry. Yeah. But when I played it later on, when it re released on the, every console imaginable, yeah pretty much i mean like it's just as bad as skyrim guys um but at one point when it really released i think it was the ds version Mm -hmm. as like an adult i had a very similar reaction so i actually went to counseling about it and that was something that really helped me like get through some of that abandonment issue you know like it, it helped bring to the forefront like i noticed that i have a big reaction to things like this and loss this is something that I need to work on. Okay. I think I'm done talking about heavy stuff, especially <laughs> emotional stuff, because I know if we keep going about anything, I'm probably going to start crying. Put, so put the weights let's down. talk. A- yeah, seriously. Let's talk about the other ways that games have influenced us in more tangible ways, like hobbies and really positive things. So <laughs> I already know some of the answers for this. Cause I might roast you if you don't say them, Ooh. but in, in what ways have games ever like influenced you to try something new? You don't know me. Um, <laughs> I know you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, this first one is really easy. This is the easiest one for me is, is playing tennis. So I, I tell this story to people all the time. I, I only started playing tennis in real life because I really liked playing Mario tennis on the N64. That is, that is the reason. So I really wish that like, but that's so, that's so awesome. I know it's like, awesome. Yeah. So yeah. Cool that made you want to do I, I really wish that like, I would have become like this great tennis player because I would have loved to have been interviewed winning some championship being like, how did you ever get into tennis? And I'd be like, well, I played Mario tennis <laughs> when Mario picked up that racket. I was like, I could do it, but no, that's the reason. And it was because uh, I played it and with my really good friend and, and, we just we play it together and then one day we're like in the summer you know i bet we could play tennis it looks kind of fun and honestly at that point we had pretty much destroyed that game there's nothing else to do in it so we were like the next logical thing was to play actual tennis we grabbed some of our dad's old rackets which we thoroughly broke because they're old wooden ones and we went to the park and we played and then a couple weeks later we're playing on like a uh whatchamacallit oh what is it called tennis court <laughs> not a tennis court <laughs> we're, we're playing on a uh, not not a team but like sort of a development team to get better and then years later we're on like the high oh, school like team like a rec league like a rec league exactly and we're, we're just playing and enjoying it and we're nerds we don't play we sports. don't play sports what is this thing i'm talking about uh and yeah it was great and and i just i can't believe that that's where it started and it was so so fun so i i love that aspect of just 
games giving me that thing. Um, I was really hoping that you were going to talk about how um, like this whole nostalgic feeling of you playing some form of skating game in college and then picking up. Oh God. Skateboarding for like two months. Yeah. 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 Yeah, For, for literally like literally for two months. It was the funniest thing where you would just be outside the door of our dorm. Yeah. Just failing. Grinding. Failing. (laughs) Yeah. I I think that I, wow. Way to watch me creeper. I think that I was, I mean, my window was right there there. and I could hear you. So yeah, no one else. It was in the summer. No one's there. I think for the skateboard one, it was, it was two things. Um, well, I mean, I, I grew up loving Tony Hawk series. That was great. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater was amazing. But more so at, at college, a lot of people were on skateboards. And two of my good friends that were at Purdue also rode skateboards. And so I was thinking, like, this would be a great and viable way to get places. And also, I think it looks pretty cool. But it's it's pretty hard. So it takes some dedication. And I just didn't give it enough time. But I, I did enjoy it for the time I did it. I also recall you um, taking an interest in making games if you remember that making games so yeah so you had um R- rpg maker oh. and you <laughs> yeah, yeah you were made a zombie college game I and did. i was like this is the fucking coolest <laughs> thing i have ever seen and you had that like uh shake it song as the map music yeah i did oh yeah that's funny. and i was like oh you need to make this i want you to i want to play this so that's badly funny. i i, I never really did. fleshed that one out that much um but you know what it's funny because i actually started that um well i started that in college but i i used rpg maker earlier because it was just a fun thing to do in high school but i did specifically use it at in college the rpg maker program to actually tell a uh, an art and an art an english project that was a multimedia project about um, whatever topic you wanted. And I actually chose violence in video games and the media. And also I specifically, yeah, I specifically referenced Columbine um, because of all the reasons that we talked about earlier and Columbine tragedy. But I I did an RPG maker uh, quick thing where you were a student in uh, this, like this town and you were somehow accused of your, your game playing, like, being derogatory towards the town's representation of like peace and so what you did was you had to go around in in the actual video game and like find other examples in media of violence that equated to the same amount of violence in games so at the time i think like spider-man 3 was a new movie so i remember you had to go and collect a spider-man 3 movie poster so bad and and so i know right and you but you had to point out like you know spider-man is literally fighting venom and dropping like bricks from buildings onto the street like this is this is dangerous and I would also reference like music, like these people are literally talking about murdering families, like in, in these songs, Rage Against the Machine is talking about destroying some governments. Like these are things that you you don't think about, like as as a consumer, because you respect the media. But when the same thing happens in a game, why is it villainized? So that was what my art project was and or my English project was. And uh, it kind of led to being like, yeah, I should make more stuff. This is kind of fun. And also, I think Left 4 Dead came out the same year. So I was like zombie focused. So I, I did that. Left 4 Dead. But what about you? I talked enough about me. What are, what are some things that you've, you've got? So I actually, as a kid, um, used to do a lot of sports. I played soccer and basketball and baseball, and I bowled. I know that's actually something that we had in common. Yeah, I bowled for like bowl. 10 years. It was great. Um, but when my parents went through their divorce, I was kind of like in shock. And um, the whole sexuality thing started to kick in too. So I actually stopped doing everything. Like, I just, I slowly lost interest in everything, um, aside from video games. But post 
college. Uh, I mean, that was, you know me, I was a social butterfly in um, college, so I just didn't really have time. No, what are you talking about? Complete lies. I mean, never, I was never. You never did any of you. I'm I'm kidding, of course. Um, But after college, uh, I didn't really feel like I had any hobbies aside from video games. So I started to look into some of the games that I played. um, And I was literally actively seeking things that I like doing. And it's really funny because Stardew Valley, which we talk about a lot, which is also, you know, in the title of this episode, really introduced me into a lot of things that I like doing in my life now. So Stardew Valley got me gardening vegetables mm-hmm. a few years ago, which is super fun. And like every summer we always have kale every day because we, we, we just grow it in our backyard and it's just so easy nice. to do. Um, and it also got me more into cooking and baking. Uh, we started to make a habit of using really cool recipes that we find on the internet. Mm-hmm. And uh, like we'd never eat them normally. And it all was just based off of making preserves in Stardew Valley. So like literally just one day we're like, well, I want to make preserves. Pres- I want to make preserves. I want to see what they taste like. So we made lemon preserves and then we started using them in all of our dishes. And then I would look at how things would be made in the game like recipes wise and i would kind of craft my own things and we even went foraging a few times which i mean i like i like going hiking Mm -hmm. but i never really thought about foraging you know because i'd always be nervous about what am i grabbing what's edible and whatnot but we would look for things like fiddlehead fern and morel mushrooms and i still haven't found any uh, morels but it's like it's just fun it really you can take things like that out of games if you're paying attention to some of like the side features that you like and applying it to your like because your life because you know you're drawn to them for a certain reason. Even in some of the newer Pokemon games, they let you dress your characters' outfits, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh man, like I really like this, and I never thought that I would like it. I mean, I was I would say I dressed nicely when we were in college, but I didn't really think like. You know, I, I just mostly did it for I want to fit in reasons, not because I actually like clothes. Mm-hmm. And then we started going to more men's boutique stores and like finding unique things. And like, you know, now I feel like I'm a fucking babe and I make <laughs> clothes look good. Excellent. So I, there, there, there have been a lot of ways that games have just been like, yeah, like these are things that you like. And you may not have known that you actually would like them in real life, but now you do because you tried it. So logically, what you're telling me is the next thing you're going to take from Stardew Valley is exploring mines and slaying monsters. Probably. Yes. I'm definitely not going to do anything with uh, farm life because (laughs) I... That's too much work. We thought about getting chickens, but then we were both like, well, what if one of the chickens dies? What are we going to do? Hmm. It's not even a what if. And it's more like when. Like, what are you going to do? Right. When. And it, it was one of those, like, neither one, Scott or I would deal with it. Like, we were literally thinking about what neighbor would we call to come get yeah. rid of our chicken for us. Well, so, yeah. But it has. Like, there are lots of good things. But mining, we'll see. In a, in a, more, we'll a more realistic approach to slaying monsters. Uh, something else I really picked up uh, from games is Dungeons and Dragons. So I I wouldn't say I played it exclusively because of video games, but my friend group that I was talking about earlier in, in high school, uh, we, we did transition to playing some D&D and some spinoffs too. And it was largely because of our enjoyment of things like Lord of the Rings, Final Fantasy, th- those types of things like that. And I met a lot of good friends that way. And I felt like I, I was able to get very creative making 
campaigns and, and running them for well you Patrick and other people too and and I really cherish that and I feel like I took influence from games I took influence from movies and books too but it was it was a great way to be creative and I think that it, it was nice to be reinforced by seeing the way you know Square Enix makes a dungeon the way Nintendo makes a dungeon and how I can make a dungeon and it was it was it was a fun way to uh experience a different media of entertainment and but I think it really kind yeah. of stemmed from playing games it's not a lateral movement just because you go from one nerd hobby to another, especially when you think of things like card games or Dungeons and Dragons and how social they have to be. Like you, you have to be social because you can't do those things by yourself. So, True. you know, it really takes something, you know, that video games can be non-interactive uh, with other people. And now it's taking out to the real world where you're, you're doing that more. So I think that's great. What are some of the things or the ideas you only know of because you first learned of it in a video game like for me mm-hmm. personally i have a like a base level of knowledge of japanese culture because of and how it's different from like western culture because of games like the persona series like three four and five you know i, I kind of see how school is done differently yeah. um uh like city layouts um you know, just a bunch of different things. I can see like, oh, that's not America. That's really cool. And the video game did it really accurately. Is there anything like that that you only know of because of games? Yeah, I, I guess I would. I guess I'd have to say similar stuff, too. I mean, because that's where it started for me as well. Um, I mean, e- even just the basis of fantasy tropes like knights and wizards and magic and the names of weapons uh, the different time frames. Oh yeah, name, names of monsters. Names of monsters. Yeah, a- anything like, especially if if the game borrowed language from a different culture, like that's a big one. So like, uh, I think the enemy in I think it's in Castlevania, and it's also in Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy, blah. Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy. I think it's the enemy in Final Fantasy and in Castlevania, the Sahagin. I want to say is it's like the fish monster. Uh, yeah. Yeah, like that. That borrows from like Japanese language. So seeing it later when I'm like, oh, nice. Like that's where they got that from. It, it's it it's kind of like an eye opening moment. So I feel like actually he said something very similar to where like the monster Nidhogg is in a bunch of different things. And um, I know what it is and a bunch of other like demons and angels and other yeah. creatures because of games like Castlevania Shin Ten- <laughs> series like Shin Megami Shin Megami Tensei. Tensei. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or or Castlevania. And I think that's really I know it's not the most important knowledge, you know, it's not like learning about a different culture completely, but it's still cool because a lot of these things came from different folklores or religions, you know, I, yeah. think, that, I think that's really neat. Yeah, it's really neat. And, and it's cool because you feel special knowing the reference, like why let's use Castlevania. I think in order, order of Ecclesia, there's an enemy that's based off of a, a Japanese horror trope of a woman that hides her face and she has no face. And so when you, when you defeat her and she screams and like, runs away and you, you finally don't see your face like in, if you just played the game you'd be like oh that's cool but knowing the culture behind it you're like oh that's this specific thing i can't think of the name right now but it's it's actually like based on that cultural idea from that that world that you would never know otherwise and i think that's that's pretty sweet do you think there's a point where there's maybe too much of a good thing and maybe it comes a bad thing i know i referenced earlier the violence in mortal Kombat. that actually we didn't even talk about it led to a lot of controversy in the early 90s too is there a point where there's just a little bit too much that that kind of makes it worse? Um. Okay. So the way I'm kind of thinking of how this fits in, I think 
the threshold kind of becomes broken when you start replacing real life things for video games. Mm. So by that, I kind of mean like things that you get more enjoyment out of in the video game versus in real life. Yeah. Um, or when you start attributing more of your life success to what happens in video games versus what happens outside of video games. First of all, mm. like, again, some people completely identify their lives by video games. If that's you, that's totally fine. I personally think there is more to life than just video games. You know, I think like I told you, I have different interests. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I do fitness and stuff like that. If if I did something like got a platinum trophy in a video game, I would be happy, but I would not put it on a resume. Or <laughs> I platinum God not, of War on PS4. It would not be something that I would go up to the random populace and say, like, this is something that's really special about me. It's not on your grinder so, profile is what you're saying. It's yeah, it's 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 scruff, Jason. The <laughs> the classy the classy hoes use scruff. Okay. Um so I think that's one thing that I worry about some people where they have problems stepping away from the video game and like remembering that there's life too. And I think a lot of the games that simulate life um, can create that illusion. Like you're doing so much and even games like, like MMOs Mm -hmm. where, you know, you're still connecting with people and it is almost like you're dialing into a different universe and like your life is actually in there because of all the things that you can't ac- you can accomplish while you're there yeah but, like your life is still your life and you need to make sure that you're still succeeding out of out of the box yeah completely agree with you my, my big example here is also world of warcraft which i mentioned earlier here and and i did play it in college and i also stopped playing it in college and i, I never had that problem where i was like i'm gonna do this raid instead of seeing my friends like i i i would i could recognize that and be like no i, I am gonna go get dinner like it's probably the right thing to do but I ended up stopping playing because um, two reasons. One, a couple of my friends ended up leaving the the guild. But really what happened was when the responsibilities in the game world became a little bit too much. Like I, I couldn't meet up at a certain time because I need to go to bed to get to this exam. And like the team knew that. And so it was just like, well, now I feel like I'm not like fulfilling the needs of my team. Um, and so I just was like, you know what? Maybe it's time to be done. But I think that I was at least able to recognize it and know that like, this could be hindering my social life and I should not do that. And uh, that's, that's kind of when I decided to stop to to your point. I think that's exactly the place people get is that they see games as a great way to feel good about themselves and justify their choices and their success in life. And that feeling is exacerbated by the successes of people on Twitch and, and streams and all these people that do make video games, their life. And it creates kind of a false sense of security, knowing that, well, I like video games, so I can also make money and make my career out of this. But it's a lot more than just doing that. Like those people aren't right. just... Well, those, those people are one out of a million, first of Exactly. All. And they're not just playing games. They're entertainers. They're, they're marketers. They're business people. Like they, they have relatable skills that just so happen to correlate with video games. And I think, you know, maybe it's playing too much games. You don't actually, I don't know, to use a bad cliche, you don't get out enough to see more of the world to see more of how things need to work and to really really more so better yourself and and get the education you need to make your dream come true of playing games for for your your lifestyle because i think that you can it's just you need to put in the work and dedication it's not just yeah i platinum god of war and i platinum this it's i have my degree or or i i have friends that support me 
things like that to really, really make or it. Or even if you don't have, even if you don't do the college thing, like I have a great job yeah. that sustains me and I'm happy with what I do or I have other outlets that I do. Exactly. And I kind of, we're wrapping up like our whole point of the things that you get from video games. Video games can be a great escape or a release of any form like of emotion, but you need to try to put on a little bit of a critical lens when you're playing games. And you really need to think about why you're drawn to the main aspects of certain things. If you're drawn to certain side quests like Blitzball, maybe it's because deep down you really do like sports. Mm -hmm. So go try something, you know, go try something like softball or volleyball or kickball. If you're a queer listener, a lot of city, if you don't feel comfortable doing those things because we've been put in situations where we shouldn't be allowed you to do those things or we were, were made to feel that way a lot of cities in the u.s have a group called stonewall sports that puts on lgbtq plus safe sports leagues hmm. um if you like things like tetramaster or triple triad try out card games you know like maybe you're really you would be really into something like magic the gathering and so you just fun. haven't yeah tried something like that um if you like crafting things in Final Fantasy 14, Google some of them in real life. Like jewel making is real, you know, clothes making yeah. is real, Cook cooking is real. Maybe you would like to pick those up. So that's kind of my whole takeaway about all this is um, think about what you're liking and what you're drawn to and see how you can make your life a little bit more well-rounded because my life feels so much more well-rounded now that I know like, I can make a cookbook with my husband because I like cooking in video games. So I tried doing it in real life yeah. and you know, we grow our own vegetables sometimes and it's a lot of fun. There's just, there's just a lot more to it. And then you're just kind of like, cool. Now I can say I don't just play video games for the thrill of it. I do it to learn more about my life too. Yeah. I think, I think in general, I, that's exactly what I was going to say too with you. I, I agree. I think if it looks fun in the game, then it's probably fun in real life. And, um, <laughs> You know, I said that and I just thought of like Mortal Kombat. Um, so don't, well, but even don't, if it's something like Mortal Kombat, don't do you, the might, killing you, you might like martial arts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't, 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 don't do the killing Don't thing. fatality exactly. someone, but maybe yeah. you'll like martial arts. Martial arts, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Only do the safe parts of the games. But uh, exactly. I think, and that's to relate to me and tennis. That's why we played tennis. It looked like fun. And so we, we did it. And um, to that point, too, there was other things that looked like fun that didn't quite work like skateboarding like it just it wasn't for me but i was happy to be able to try it and say like you know what i'm gonna stick with the virtual version instead so i think that largely if there's a an interest in i don't know any aspect of gaming that you like maybe it could be a career or maybe it could be a hobby or just something that you enjoy doing whenever you have time i think that there, there's no no reason with games in general to just decide that you don't want to do something because you're not good at it like i'm sure patrick you probably weren't that great at cooking when you first started but you kept going and and you had inspiration from enjoying it in a video game so i think that it's it's good to just keep trying and know that there's going to be some failures but you're going to get wins too just like any other game you're going to level up and, and you're going to play the game well yeah don't spend too much time practicing a hadoken in real life but if you manage to do one please put it on our stories mm. on Instagram. No can do can. Well, Patrick, that was a nice little discussion of all types of games from my very beginning of my childhood all the way through the rest of my life, I feel like. I appreciate it. And we want to hear what you guys are thinking too. What games influenced you to do real life activities like me and tennis or Patrick and cooking? Let us know in the comment section over on our Twitter and Instagram at HeyRPGamer. We'd love to hear from you. 
We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. listeners we are back jason and patrick are here and i want to ask patrick a quick question uh what have you been playing lately because we haven't actually discussed that in a good while yeah sometimes when our episodes run longer or if we have a guest uh you know we skip over this section because it's very important to talk about what we're playing to introduce new games and you know what we're liking and whatnot but sometimes we just don't have the time for it fortunately today we do and i am playing odin sphere uh leaf razor leaf razor yeah um, i don't know how to say North that <laughs> yeah uh it's originally a ps2 game that mm-hmm. somehow i missed um and i'm happy that it was on sale on uh, playstation network recently because i snatched it up and i just beat it and i loved it like nice. it was a really really good game basically it's a norse storybook um norse mythology and you play as five different characters you play as the valkyrie you play as a norse witch you play as like this one kind of anthropomorphic rabbit human character and how um how their stories are intertwined with each other yeah um which is really cool and you you get to you see like the usual like there's a couple dragons you might recognize from norse mythology and odin's there and whatnot um the combat is very like side squirrely action and one of the reasons why it's called odin sphere is because you're like you're in like a almost circle Mar- yeah <laughs> yeah like almost mario galaxy style like you don't realize it unless you look at the map but you're on the like circumference of a sphere for each area that you're in so if you just like keep on walking to the left eventually you'll wrap back towards where you started and enemies are flying in from all over the place it can be a little mashy but there's also a lot of strategy to how you like chain your moves together and i will say one thing that's a little disappointing is like it's a little repetitive a lot of the bosses are reused and the areas that you visit are reused but all the tales for each character are maybe like four hours a piece every time i got to the point that i was like oh i don't know if i want to play this character anymore i'm kind of like done with them the chapter their their section was about to end Mm. so it was really it was like great in that aspect where i never felt like i was spending too much time i could move on and at least their plots are different like the characters will pop in and um like the characters will pop in and interact with each other in some capacity but it wasn't anything like too, too repetitive in terms of their story. Yeah. Have you, have you like, you didn't play that game, right? I did actually. Um, I played okay. the original PS2 one. Um, I think I have the PS4 one. I'm not even sure, but no, I, I did play it. And I, I do admit, I think it was also kind of repetitive. Um, and I think it happened when I encountered the first boss, like three times, I think. And I was like, ah, eh, like it, it's cool to see the different styles, but I, I, Yeah. It was okay. Well, one thing I thought was kind of cool about the different bosses, depending on whose story it is, mm-hmm. is you, since you don't fight them at the same yeah, not time, in order. like s- someone's final boss is someone's first boss yeah. and they scale it completely differently. Like if you fight them as the final boss, it's a shit show. Yeah, it's completely different. But then if they're like the next character's first boss, 
their moves are a lot more like a lot easier or you you know it's coming so you know what to dodge a little bit better and you you have less tricks or more tricks depending on what's going on at that time too yeah completely agree with you yeah if, if you're if you're looking for yeah the art is just beautiful and if you're looking for something if you're in between games and you're like i don't want to play something too long because that's kind of how i was feeling i'm in between like recording games for reviews for our youtube channel mm-hmm. but i was like oh, i just want to play something for myself for a little bit but i don't want to dedicate 70 or 80 hours to it so this was a good 20 hour romp and um, i was like cool good to go nice how about you what are you playing uh actually to your point i'm playing a, a quick and easy game that i've been enjoying recently but i i've always liked the picross series do you know what that is uh it sounds familiar yeah it's been around for a long time but it's a little bit more of a specific audience uh it, it's a series of puzzle games and i'm playing picross s i want to say there's a couple of them on the switch but largely what it is you'll, you'll get a grid like a, a 10 by 10 15 by 15 20 by 20 whatever it looks like and there are numbers on the edge of the grid and it's telling you which oh is it like minesweeper kind of kind of like minesweeper but it's telling you which specific spots to mark with an x that nothing or to like chip away and like reveal a a picture at the bottom it's always a pixelated picture and you're like what the fuck is that and then you're like oh it's a swan but uh it's really fun minesweeper sudoku uh it it's not quite like sudoku um because there's no numbers involved like that it's really more so on a 10 by 10 grid for example you'll see you know squares that represent those 10 by 10 areas and it'll say on the left-hand side, like the x-axis and the y-axis, you know, like one, five, one. And then you'll have to see like, okay, that means in this row, there is there is a, a section where I'm going to hit one space to chip away. And then there's a section where there's five spaces and then one space. But like, you don't know where it is specifically because that's only six locate. I'm sorry, seven locations out of the out of the possible 10. So then if you look at the other axis, it might say like two, two, seven. And so you you know two and seven that equals nine, and you can't have all ten be in a row. So you know it's going to be the first two are checked away, and then there's a block, and then the next seven because so you you equal the row. And as you keep oh, doing does that, it, does it make a picture? It makes a picture, and so um, you're never Ooh. really going to know what the picture is unless you're like really really good. But it's pretty engaging because as you get one row, you you, un- you basically unlock more information about the the next rows, and it, it's kind of fun to keep going. So it's a very immediately rewarding experience and i would say within i don't know three to five minutes you probably figured out every puzzle and then you move on to the next one so there's there's a lot a lot to do there translation when you hit grandpa mode like jason pick up this game exactly Typically, this is where we would have our game, but since this is our final episode of season one, mar, mar, mar. we made it. We are here. Um, we actually thought it'd be fun to, you know, talk about this is our last episode. So why don't we talk about some of our favorite parts from the year and just reminisce? I mean, we started this in early April and, you know, we had our little vacations and whatnot that slowed us down. But here we are at the beginning of September wrapping up. So uh, Jason, what were some of your favorite parts of the year? Give me, give me one of them. Yeah. I think this is a really timely way to uh, end the the season one too. Cause we also referenced like three other episodes in this specific podcast. So it's kind yeah, of, yeah, that, cool. that wasn't marketing. That, at all, you know? <laughs> that was just, that was random. 
let's start with this jason what was your favorite episode yeah, there's there's too many to pick, Patrick. I just they're all really great. Uh, <laughs> no, when <laughs> Insert I generic yeah, exactly when I think of what is the, the one that comes to mind most, I you know I'm terrible with numbers. I don't remember which one, but it was the one for survival horror. I think that was really fun, and I think it was because Jason, that was two episodes ago. So, okay, but we recorded it like two months ago, so I'm not sure. That's true. So what what our listeners probably don't know is some of our episodes we didn't record in, in order. order. Yeah. So like it just kind of fuck things up for us so, <laughs> a lot i think the reason yeah. why i liked it was because i felt like you and i had a like a really engaging conversation about it and i think that was really fun and i also liked the game when we were able to make our survival horror game that was that was a great idea patrick and it was it was just fun to talk it out and i could i could feel like you and i were genuinely having a good time and, and we were laughing and, and making it work well, that's and, funny because i had a shit time see and and, and Pe- pegrio was in it so i think that it was just a it was a good time that's that's the one that comes to mind first but uh what about you well, I was going to say, yeah, I, I think it's fun. And we're definitely doing that game every time we do a deep dive into a genre. So sure. be ready for that to come back for whatever type of genre we, uh, we're we going to talk about in our next season. But for me, I think it's pretty obvious that the my favorite episode was the Final Fantasy episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because, you know, it's just it's one, it's my, it's one of my favorite series. It's just it's, it's, it's so good. Um I think my favorite part of that episode was when you started singing in the opening. That was just, yeah, just the fact that it was just like, we didn't script that. No, we didn't. You know, you just, you just did that. And I, I love that, but it was such a great episode and we still only scratched the surface of Final Fantasy because Final yeah. Fantasy is just so huge. Um, I know we're going to do another Final Fantasy episode in the future, and we may talk about some of the same things. We may talk about completely different things, yeah. but like, I think that just really speaks to our passions because we both know so much about the series, you know, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Um, there's there's just a lot to say and we have a lot of love for it. Yeah, I think it's funny earlier in this episode, you actually mentioned, quote, the middle Final Fantasies. And I just thought it was funny that you could you could literally group arguably some of the best games ever made into the middle Final Fantasies like oh, subcategory. One hundred percent. It's kind of funny. One hundred percent. What else? What else did you like? So I I liked season? I liked when we were able to see sort of the the fan reactions of everyone. Or I guess fan the listener reactions. I like to say fans uh, on on Instagram and and Twitter and basically even just messages. I thought it was really cool to hear people genuinely saying like oh i like this episode or i appreciate this um i got some messages from my friends patrick specifically that didn't really message on instagram but they were saying like this was really fun to listen to i thought it was it was very rewarding it felt it felt good and i think that you and i are largely doing it just because i don't know we're friends this is a fun thing to do but to hear that other people share that passion was pretty cool yeah it was super fun i got a lot of like friend and fan messages especially when we had our like oh shit i'm on vacation this day or oh shit we had something come up this weekend mm-hmm. uh, and they would say things like hey why hasn't the episode launched yet or the yeah, next episode keeping it check. i mean like for us it's like a lot of anxiety but at the same time it's cool because it's like oh god people are actually like people us wanting this, this. That's, that's yeah yeah um something for me that was a huge highlight uh was having bopper on oh yeah and I talked about this in the episode. Um, I was a nervous wreck that episode. I'm sure you remember that. Like, I actually had to go back and do the recording uh, for introducing him because I was just so anxious about having him on there. But mm-hmm. it was just it was fulfilling to have someone who 
inspired me to just do this in general. Like doing this with you is super fun and cool. I've known you forever, you know, like we could have done this when we were in college and that would have been awesome. But this is someone who just like really inspired me to be like, you know, become a creator who cares if it takes off um, and like find your voice in it. And someone who has a great mind in terms of how to think about video games mm-hmm. and also who has a big following who actually wanted to be on the show, yeah. you know, like inspirational for some you. people. Yeah. Which is, it's great to know, like, pay your dues in some way because everybody starts somewhere and he was definitely nice enough to be like yeah like i want to be a part of your show i think that's a really great opportunity you know like to help you guys out and i'm sure he had a good time so that was was awesome yeah i think another one that stood out for me is i don't i don't really know if i can encapsulate this into like one episode but i think it was the overall progress that you and I both made together. Um, oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. But I, I think really more so I would want to look at what I think you've done, Patrick. Cause I think that there's, there was a lot that I, I feel like has changed for the better from episode one to this episode as well. And I just mean like finding your voice, being able to edit episodes, like seeing, seeing your own progress too is, is really nice. You mean me leveling up? You basically leveled up. Exactly. So I think that it's worth noting that I don't think viewers or listeners rather would would see that, but it's it's there and I see it. And I just want you to know, like, keep going, because I think that you're doing a really good job and, and we can make this a, a really cool thing even next season. Oh, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I agree. And uh, Thank my you. Like, my checks awesome in the mail, I've right? Done, I've done so well. Just me doing all of this. I'm just mm. so great. No, it, it, I agree. It, we've come so far from episode one, you know, like I didn't feel like we could be very fun until we got to the game. And now we're a little bit more loose in our conversations. You know, we definitely didn't feel like we could talk when the other person was talking also because we had a little bit of a mic situation for our first episode. Yes. But, um, you know, there's just there's just so much growth. And I, I love having you on this to encourage me and like to calm me down because I, I might be like the idea ho, but I'm also anxious about a lot of things. So, you know, it's nice to have that balance too so it has been great doing this with you with you and i'm happy that we will be able to continue doing this together because it's just so much fun yeah um aside from that i would just say the games like Mm. uh, the discussion is always great but i feel like we get to uh, for me i get to be a little bit more of my true self when we play the games just because we get to be silly and fun, yeah. you know, or we get to show our, our knowledge a little bit more in a different way. So when we were talking about like the games we'd want to revive and, you know, we did it to um, the poorly described ways, like that was so much fun. You know, I, I sang a SpongeBob one or even just hearing like the games that you yeah. like that we don't, we don't get to talk about and the final fantasy quotes game and all the would you rather is they were just such like, a really good way to spin the narrative on what our podcast is and how we can have, you know, business in the front and party in the back, if you will. Yeah, I agree. We're, and, we're, and we're, to, the, we're the mullet of podcasts. The mullet of pod- oh, I love it. That's a new tagline for, for our, <laughs> our listeners that wanted something, I guess for today's game, we were thinking of doing a, would you rather? And I did have a couple ready. Do you want me to ask you one of them randomly, Patrick? Sure. I actually flopped on this one because I just kind of got, overwhelmed with things it's as okay usual, we, we were thinking of doing like 
raunchy or, or like dirty ideas and then we kind of switched to just like hard-hitting questions so i guess what do you want do you want like more of a raunchy question or do you want more of a hard-hitting question let's do hard-hitting we'll just do one and then i'll pitch the one that i had back at you oh nice nice we nice. Can call it from there okay would you rather live in a world without any japanese rpg games or live in a world without any survival horror games Oh, survival horror games. Really? Why? I thought for sure you would pick Japanese RPGs. No, I mean, like, I don't play every JRPG or survival horror, but I get a lot more out of JRPGs than I do survival horrors. Oh. You know, like, um, just especially with the way graphics are developing and how, like, they're getting a little bit more um, style versus substance. Um I, I definitely tend to enjoy the JRPGs a, a well, little, little bit more. That was too easy, so I'm going to ask the other one. Okay. Would you rather be fucked by the bear-like Snorlax or the twink-like Tyrogue? Oh, definitely. I'm so into bears. Snorlax. <laughs> also an easy answer. Oh, my God. Okay, whatever. <laughs> I'm so into bears, which is actually funny because my question for you, the one that I wrote, also involves Snorlax. Oh, Jesus. Okay. <laughs> Um, would you rather fight <laughs> one Snorlax size Jigglypuff or 100 Jigglypuff size Snorlax? Oh my god, that's uh, funny because, like, I mean, like, you, you got to think about how big Snorlax actually is, and then it kind of become frightening. God, I kind of feel like I'd probably want to fight the hundred, the hundred Snorlaxes just because absolutely. If you think about how Jigglypuff is in the anime, like, yeah, yeah, that's a fierce queen. It's like, fierce. She slaps the shit out of Well, I'm really more so. so thinking of like, even like in Smash, I mean, like Jigglypuff rolls around and to think if she was like the size of like buildings, that would be like, what do you do? And she's also a puffball. So like, I can't really damage her. So mm. I now think you, now you got me thinking about Snorlax bear daddies. Mm. Oh, tell Scott to watch mm. out. And that is a wrap, Patrick, on season one of our podcast. I can't believe it. We did it. We did it. We're 10 episodes in and, and we're going to take a little break. So Patrick and I have decided we're going to uh, end our season here a few months off, but we're going to be focusing on some other projects here. Specifically, we want to call out our RP Gamer YouTube. We'll be posting some more videos there about all kinds of things. Our old Let's Plays will be there, some more video essays, and a couple new series. Uh, do you want to tell us about those? Uh, yeah, so we thought it'd be really cool um, since we play a lot of different games and maybe games that you've never heard of where we're going to compare bigger games to lesser known games to get you finding some things that you might like. So uh, we're going to be our recommendation reviews worth checking out. Um, as Jason said, we're going to have our Let's Plays on there as too, and just our standard essays. Yeah, that'd be fun. And speaking of Let's Plays, you can also just watch us play. We're still going to be on our Twitch as well, uh, RP Gamer Twitch. We are currently playing Diablo 3. Uh, we have some other games in the back catalog too that we're going to be hitting up as well, so just make sure to keep following us there. Yeah, if you follow, um, we're going to be hitting up all the Resident Evils 1 through 8, so make sure you check those out. Oh my god, 8 Resident Evils. Nuts. And I think that you're also working on a Patreon, is that right? Yeah, so something to watch out for. We'll definitely keep it live on the Instagram, but we're going to be um, having our Patreon set up here in the next month or two. So if you want to support us, uh, you know, us poor starving creators in some capacity, it'd be a great way to days. 
<laughs> to support us and uh we're definitely gonna have some swag on there as well so be on the lookout for that another way if you want to stay connected to us too is our discord is live you should be able to get on there and help c continue to interact with the community if you want to know what your fellow listeners are doing if what they're gaming what they're talking about we have all different ways to stay connected on there um and i definitely i want to hear what you guys are thinking too so it's a good way to reach out to us and stay connected with us in our brief hiatus and we're not completely going away. You can still find us on our Twitter and Instagram at HeyRPGamer. Be sure to tune in there. We are posting pretty much daily, and we'd love to hear what you say there as well. Yeah, thank you so much, guys. Seriously looking forward to Season 2 and spending all the time with you. Now, go out there and get gaming. Was that everything? That was all the ones we needed to do? Yeah. Cool. Oh, right, you want to stop recording? All right. One, two, three.